Right team, welcome to, I'm going to forget the name of it now, Navigating Nutrition Successfully This Summer. So this is a session that was brought forward from the end of the month because obviously so many people are coming to the end of, uh, end of the summer term, they are already on holiday, whatever the situation, loads of us at the moment are figuring out how to navigate our nutrition during social situations. And for a lot of us, we've gone from very few social situations, maybe one a week, two a week if we're lucky, to now every single day is probably going to be a social situation. So today I want to give you as much, as many tools, as much information, as much knowledge to empower you to go away and feel in control of your nutrition this summer, basically, but also to help your mindset with it all. Now that is a mammoth task. And this is a bit of a longer one today, but I am going to be a little bit on a mission. I'm going to be quite concise and blunt and to the point. I know that's not like me, um, but I promise I will be today because there's just so much to cover and we can't go around the houses with it all. So aim is today to understand the tools you have available to help you manage your nutrition flexibly this summer. If you have any questions, guys, pop it in the chat and I will, will periodically jump. Oh, no, there you go. It's on my screen. I'll, I'll periodically jump in and open that up. OK, awesome. Cool. Let's go into it then. So before we jump into the rest of this session, um, if you've seen the flexible eating session, I mentioned this in here as well. But it's really important to say that everything we're going to talk about today, as always, is something you could do rather than something you should do. As always, there is nothing that I'm going to prescribe to you. you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to say you must do this. These are all tools in your arsenal. And you, can, you know, as an adult, you can choose what you do with your nutrition, what you do with your movement. You are completely in control. But it's paramount that we maintain healthy food relationships and healthy relationships with ourselves and our bodies as well. So we're going to cover the principles and the practical options, and you are going to write down the ones that you would like to put in place this summer. Of course, this is going to be recorded so you can come back to this, but it's just a bit of a whistle-stop tour across lots of different areas rather than a deep dive into any particular one. Hope that is all okay. Remember, living life, living your best life, living life is our number one priority, as always. So what's the problem? Why are we here today? Sometimes when it comes to summer, it can feel a little hot, any holidays, half terms, holidays, breaks, it can feel a little bit overwhelming because we've gone from a very sort of fairly rigid, structured routine as a teacher to suddenly having free reign of, you know, the kitchen cupboards 24-7, out eating here, left, right and centre, away on holiday. Routines just go out the window. And I would probably say about 75% of you I've already had a conversation with about navigating your nutrition around social events because it is a it is a massive part of life isn't it you know we're here to live our lives we're not just here to teach now sometimes when we really get into the swing of of uh, a lifestyle change we can sometimes feel quite over restricted now of course we do everything we can to avoid that but sometimes it can happen and then when you're suddenly out and you're given free reign it can feel like you've gone from a bit of restriction to completely having free reign of everything. And that can sometimes be because it's so black and white, that mentality, it can sometimes cause a few problems. The thing is you want to enjoy yourself while still meeting your goals, obviously. Sometimes though our brains can view a summer holiday as a bit of a, because it's so, it's once a year, isn't it? They can kind of view it as a bit of a once in a lifetime thing. So you only get this once a year. So I, you know, I only have a holiday once a year, I'm gonna make the most of it. So we go, all out we really really go to town with the social events the drinking the barbecues which is great and that's got a place but if we do that 
four, three, four days a week for six weeks, we can see how that's going to impact on our journeys, no matter what your what your goal is. Sometimes this can cause us to feel nervous, anxious. We can worry about these social events and it can feel like there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to this kind of stuff. So that's kind of the situation that we're in. Now, we've got a few things that are working against us tonight and a few things that we're going to need to overcome. A big one is going to be the negativity bias. And alongside this is that teacher tendency to be quite critical of ourselves. We do sometimes focus on the negatives, let's say, due to that negativity bias. And we sometimes miss the wood for the trees because we're so busy focusing on this one thing that didn't go right that we forget about the three or four things that did go right. And by the way, guys, if any of this resonates, please just let me know in the chat because I'm going to jump in periodically and, and just check. So I just want to know that what I'm saying is kind of resonating with you. The other major barrier that we have with us at the moment is our mindset and our past lived, past lived experiences. So what I mean by that is how we've responded in the summer before. Most of us, through conversation with you, I know this, have kind of gone from all to nothing during the summer. You know, we've really just kind of overindulged because we might have been over restrictive during the term time or we just feel like we deserve a reward. You know, teaching is not an easy gig. It's really, really tough. So we feel like we deserve a reward. So we reward ourselves with food, alcohol, socialising, parties, all this good stuff. And then we get into that kind of realm of relationship with food, which I'm going to touch on today. The other thing that we do, or we don't do, should I say, is we don't really focus on starting something when it comes to the summer. We usually focus on stopping something. So what I mean by that is we focus on I'm not allowed that food. I can't have that. I can only have one social event this year. I can only do this one uh, this summer. I can only do this one thing. You know, I've only got one sort of thing that I'm able to do. Now, the other side of that is that this stops us from actually starting up some new habits. So rather than thinking, just give you a practical example, oh, you know, I, I'm going to not have any desserts at all. I've got free social events. I'm going to have no desserts, no chocolate, nothing. I'm not going to have any of it. And we completely over-restrict ourselves. We don't think, well, why don't I start up a little habit of going for a walk in the morning? Or why don't I start by, you know, only having a, a main and a dessert rather than all three courses? So we don't think about starting something. And this leads us to trying to guilt ourselves into growth. And I love that phrase because so many of us do it. We try and make ourselves feel so bad that we think it's going to be the motivation we need to make a change. Something else that we don't really do is damage limitation. So let me know in the chat, how many times has this happened to you? You've had a takeaway or a meal, or you, let's say you've gone out on a Friday night for a takeaway or a meal, or you've had a few drinks or whatever. You wake up on the Saturday and your mentality is, well, I blew, blew, it, yesterday, blew, it, blew it yesterday. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to start again Monday. Or I blew it yesterday. What's the point in trying today? And we have that very black and white mindset. I'm off the wagon yesterday. And so I'm off the wagon for the rest of the weekend. I'll be back on it Monday. Let me know if you ever said that. I'll be back on it Monday. The problem with this is that that one takeaway, that one meal probably was what really went in the whole kind of grand scheme of your diet, maybe 500 calories over your maintenance, right? You know, 75 calories a day or whatever that is. Then you go and have two more subsequent days of going a thousand calories over your food or whatever it is, however you're managing it, you end up kind of eating a whole day's worth of extra nutrition over the course of a weekend. And that's the problem. The problem isn't actually the nice meal you had out with family, your partner, your friends, whatever. The meal is how you responded to the problem. I can't remember the phrase. It's something like the problem isn't the problem. How we think about the problem is the problem. Bit of a mouthful there, but you see what I mean? That really applies to this. A lovely way to think about this then is that you are not this sum of one day. You are not the meal that you have on a Friday night. 
you're the average of everything you do over the week. And let's say you have 21 or 28 meals in a week, right? If you have 21 meals in a meet a week, one takeaway is 5%. Just let that sink in. It's negligible. Yes, the scale will go up and down, but really it's negligible. Right, cool. Um, Jill has has felt that before nearly every weekend. Hannah's felt that before. Yeah, I mean, I've done it, guys. I've done it a lot. It's, it's difficult not to slip into it. Um, and Simon, always before he started on this journey. Oh, I've done there. Okay, cool. So yeah, you, you, guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. Right, glad that's resonating with you. This is a really good phrase. Be stubborn with your goals, but flexible in your methods. So everything we're going to talk about is flexibility and how to do that. Before we go into that classic bit of mindset, you know that I love a bit of mindset. Some key things that we've covered before in our time together, most likely, but I just want to really reinforce and please make sure you're either listening to this or you're taking notes or recording me, whatever. So know that this isn't a short term fix. You didn't join this team because you expected to get your result in six weeks. We knew that in the very first conversation we would have had, we would have talked about a long term mindset. Maybe not explicitly, but we would have said about how quick fixes weren't going to solve the problem. We know that this is not a short term fix. The other thing to remember is that that then gives us a lot of freedom. It takes a lot of pressure off our shoulders. If we say this is a year long journey or a nine month or a six month long journey, it takes a ton of pressure off you and you don't need to feel constantly squeezed by the need to be making progress every single day. Because that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. The other thing to bear in mind is that the journey that we're on, so managing these social events, doesn't get easier. You just get better at managing it. It's always going to be presenting you with the same problems, but you're going to be better at navigating them through what you learn and through the practice. Mostly the practice, to be completely honest with you. Again, life is a seesaw. How many times have I probably said that to you in a check-in? Not every day is supposed to be like this. Imagine a seesaw was like this with a kid either side. It'd be the most boring bit of equipment in the world, wouldn't it? You're supposed to have days where you really enjoy yourself and it's heavy on the socializing side. And then days where you really spend time, you know, on your working on yourself or, you know, training or meal planning or, you know, that kind of stuff, going for a long walk, listening to a podcast, doing a course, whatever. You're supposed to have days like this. If life was like this every single day, we would all be bored out our minds. Now, the big two things I want to remind you of here, though, are you're casting your votes for you 2.0 and your confidence table. Now, I haven't spoken about this in a little while, but if you're not sure of this, basically you've got, your, your brain is the White House, right? You've got a candidate on each shoulder. Every action you take is casting a vote for you, either for you in the past or you now, 2.0. It's not future you, because we're not off putting this into the future. We're bringing that into the present, okay? It's either you're doing things that are going to take you or keep you where you used to be, or you're doing things that are going to move you forward and are going to be in line with you 2.0, are going to make you a better version of yourself mentally and physically, everything you do. So if you ever are stuck with a decision, sometimes it might be two or three different paths, but usually it's just a fork in the road. If you're ever stuck with a decision, think to yourself, what would me 2.0 do? What course of action would they take? What direction would they go in? And the other thing, again, just to remind you of is momentum over motivation can't rely on motivation it's like the friend who leaves when it's time to pay for the bill or leaves when it's you know jumps out the taxi before they're stopped because they don't want to pay for it it's like the british weather right you can't rely on motivation whatsoever and let me know just can you just give me a thumbs up in chat if i've spoken to you about this before because i'm pretty sure i would have spoken to all of you about it but it is spectrum thinking on the left we've got a person who is on off 
They are black and white thinking. They're being good, they're being bad. They're on the wagon, they're off the wagon. It's a healthy food, it's an unhealthy food. It's good for me, it's bad for me. I should have it, I shouldn't have it. There's so many things that fit into that into that um, black and white thinking, right? So many things. I think we've probably at points, maybe even a little bit still now, got a mindset that there is such a thing as a healthy food. In, in truth, there is no such thing as a healthy food. If I have a McDonald's once a month, it's not unhealthy. If I have McDonald's every single day, probably not going to be great. So really, it's not the food that is healthy or unhealthy. It's our behaviours around the food. It's how often we enjoy it. Or it's, it's the way we're feeling when we eat it, right? That's the kind of healthy, unhealthy bit. It's what we bring to it. It's not the food itself. So we can get rid of that black and white thinking because it is not going to help us at all, particularly if you are going out and you are socialising. It is going to be really, really tough to feel good when you're out and about not worry not have anxiety around food if you are in a black and white headspace because in truth like i just said there is no such thing as a healthy or unhealthy food sorry my whatsapp's going so i'm going to close that down and there is no such thing as a healthy or an unhealthy food because food is just made up of nutrients sometimes it's more nutrients sometimes it's fewer nutrients some you know there are higher calorie foods that are lower in nutrients for example, like a McDonald's, and there are some lower calorie foods that are higher in nutrients, or you've got a mixture of both. You've got an avocado, massively high in nutrients, massively high in calories, unfortunately. It's an avocado, it's a fat source. So everything is going to fall along this spectrum at a different point. It's up to you to determine whether you want to be less optimal or more optimal. And the tricky thing about this, just to confuse this a little bit more, is that you've got different spectrums. You've got a spectrum for your physical health. You've got a spectrum maybe specifically for your weight loss. You've got a spectrum for your mental health, your social health, your financial health, spiritual health, all these different spectrums, and they all kind of stack up on top of each other. Now, if you imagine going out for a curry, for your mental health, for your social health, it's probably gonna be more optimal, you know, if you're with friends and you enjoy your time. For your calorie intake or for your weight loss, potentially, it may be a little bit less optimal. For your financial health, it's probably also going to be a little bit less optimal. But if you think about it, like always, we are the average. So you've got some arrows here and some are here and some are here and some are here. The average is going to be down the middle. So what I'm trying to get at here is it's never as bad as your brain is trying to convince you that it is. You've got a negativity bias, remember, and a confirmation bias. Just remember that. So that is the spectrum mindset. We have less optimal to more optimal. We have choices, we have food, we have everything on that spectrum. It's up to you to move that needle in the direction that you personally want it to, to, to be moved in, okay? Right, oh, I didn't realize that was animated. That's fancy, wasn't it? Let's go back, let's do that again. There you go, look at that. Right, so be savvy with your strategy. On the screen, you can see how our body uses up energy for the average person who's not an athlete, not a bodybuilder, um, isn't extremely overweight, isn't extremely underweight, just an average person, okay? This is how your body will use energy. Right, awesome, got lots of thumbs up there, perfect. So you can see, first of all, that exercising is for the, me and you is gonna make up about 5% of the calories that your body burns in a day, right? Whereas moving, walking about, doing your chores, moving, getting up and down, cooking the dinner, all that kind of stuff, going up and down the stairs, that is gonna make up about 15% of your daily energy burn, energy expenditure, right? What do most people do when they either want to lose weight or they've got a social event? They try and get more exercise in. 
if you are conscious of your calorie intake, if that is something you're uh, managing, or if you're just conscious of a weight loss goal and you're not tracking calories, but you just want to be active, you are better focusing on the moving, the walking around. This is sometimes known as NEAT, so basically non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Thermogenesis is burning pretty much, okay? So NEAT, non-exercise, eat, exercise, right? Your NEAT is going to make up for three times as much as your exercise. So if you are thinking about moving more to help you with your digestion, to help you clear your head, let's be honest, spending a lot of time with family, um, and sometimes friends can be a little bit like that, can't it? So sometimes you need a bit of time on your own, you know, uh, managing your own time, all of that kind of stuff. Going out for a walk is probably going to be your best bet or a cycle or a swim or, you know, something that's just leisurely. You're not saying I'm going to exercise. You're just moving about, right? Just just uh, paddling around in the pool, for example, rather than a sort of I've got 60 minutes to do 60 lengths or, you know, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is. Now, I love this quote by Henry Farouk. The true cost of a thing is the amount of life which is required to be exchanged for it. And this is something that I want you to bear in mind as we go through this. What are you willing to give up to hit your calorie range? What are you willing to give up to make sure that you hit your steps? Now, there is nothing wrong with any end of the spectrum. If you're someone that wants to be within the calorie range, get their steps and get their workouts in five days a week. That's amazing. Like if that makes you healthy and happy, go for it. Just like on the other side of the spectrum, if you want to have a few days of flexible eating, have a few days away where you're not tracking your nutrition, maybe spend an hour in bed instead of getting your morning walk in. That is also absolutely fine as long as it is making you healthy and happy. If it's not, then we've got a problem. But it's really important to know that there is no one approach for anyone in this room virtual room there's no one approach that is going to work for matt when he's on holiday and jill when she's away for the weekend we wouldn't match up this is not going to work so you need to do your own thing your way that's really really important right so let's get into the really practical stuff guys we talked about the um mindset we talked about kind of all the disclaimers let's get into what you can actually do when it comes to the summer holidays we are out of routine we're out of whack so if you do want to keep consistency most boring advice I give you, it's really important, is planning and preparing. It honestly is 90% of the battle. 10 minutes of planning on a Sunday is going to save you likely 10 hours during the week because you're not going to be flitting about thinking, having conversations, discussing stuff, changing your mind, going back on yourself. You're just going to know what you're going to do, right? My dad always used to tell me to pack my bag before school. I never did. I didn't do very well in school, funnily enough. But he always used to tell me to polish my shoes, never did that either, and pack my bag before going to school. Never did it. Really struggled at school. Like, never had my books, never had my pens. Always used to get the uniform, like, thingies because I forgot my tie and my shirt was untucked and my shoes were all falling apart or, you know, whatever it was. Preparing and planning is going to be so much of the battle. It really, really is. I know it's boring, but it really is going to help. You can use diaries. Um, Christy, we've been talking about like a big uh, wall planner, haven't we? Um, I used to have one, you know, big wall planner, put your year out, put your goals on there, tick off when you complete your habits. It's an amazing bit of um, accountability and momentum, a bit of a momentum builder. If someone is around you and they are trying to steer you off course, let's say, and you've made a decision that that's not right for you and you want to stay on, you know, with that plan that you've made for the week, maybe within reason, 
have the conversations, be firm with people. Don't set really specific rules for yourself of I must do this. If this doesn't happen, it's all gone wrong, but set guidelines. So set ranges, you know, I want to go for a 15 to a 30 minute walk, or I want to do three, uh, two to four workouts this week. Ranges are great because they give you flexibility and they, you know, you can celebrate when you hit a range rather than kind of feel like you failed because you didn't get seven workouts in this week or whatever it is. Big one I've been talking to a lot of you about recently is your environment. At the moment in school, it's very, very difficult, but you can still control your environment. You decide whether you sit in front of the biscuit tin, right? Or whether there's biscuits all over the table and you go and sit somewhere else. You decide if you take your own lunch in. You decide whether you, you know, forget it and leave it in your car or you and then you end up just eating biscuits for lunch or you go back and you walk to your car and you go and get it. These are your decisions and you are in control at the end of the day. Sometimes it can feel like you're not. Sometimes when you're tired, you're stressed, we're feeling a high emotion, it can really feel like you don't have control of this, but you do. And it's just about remembering that between um, stimulus and response, there is that gap. And in that gap is your ability to make a choice. And I think what's the end of the quote? In your choice lies your freedom, something like that, right? As a man's search for meaning. You have a choice. When you're tired and stressed, it feels like this. So we need to learn to become strategies to lengthen the gap between stimulus and choice, stimulus and response. Okay, and we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that another day. Right, let's get into the practical days. Let's say that this person is going out for a barbecue at 4 p.m., right? Loads of things that this person can do. You could try intermittent fasting, which is basically backloading calories, which is basically skipping breakfast. People will try and overcomplicate it. It's pretty much skipping breakfast. Okay, you don't consume anything that contains calories or energy until your first meal when you break your fast. Really, really classic one is the 16-8. So, for example, you wake up first thing in the morning, you have black tea or black coffee and water, and you eat at 12. You eat from 12. You have a couple of meals or three meals until 8 p.m. And then you don't eat until you get back up and then you start the cycle again. Okay, 16, eight fast, really simple. Some people feel great on it. Some people feel dreadful on it. So it needs to work for you. If you've eaten less the day before, you're likely to not feel as good. If you've had a really big meal the night before, you're going to probably be fine with it in intermittent fasting. I tend to intermittent fast. I don't even I don't think about it. I don't call it fasting, but I just don't have breakfast usually after like a big curry or something like that because I'm just absolutely stuffed, right? Other tools that you could use if you're going for like a barbecue in the afternoon or, you know, uh, going to an evening wedding reception or going out to meet some mates at the pub in the evening, whatever it is, is obviously the food flow. So it is protein, fruits and veggies, carbs and fats. So by prioritizing your protein, you're going to make sure you hit your protein goal for the day, which is always good. Keeps you feeling nice and full, helps you to stabilize blood sugar, digest slightly slower. So also helps you to feel fuller through that way. Fruits and veggies, loads of food volume, help you to really fill up your stomach. Another way to help you feel full. Then you get your carbs in, then you get your fats in. If you go for the really high volume stuff, like popcorn, rice cakes, um, carbonated drinks, diet fizzy drinks, um, staying well hydrated, fruits, veggies, just the highest volume that you can think of, right? That is also going to help to satiate you throughout the day whilst you're eating fewer calories or, or you're just eating less energy, right? If you're not thinking about calories, you can have smaller breakfast, smaller lunch. You could take all your snacks out for the day or you could replace them with one high protein snack. 
you could be mindful of the oils and the dips and the sources. The most interesting one for me on here is the choice illusions. They did a really interesting study on this, interesting for me, that basically they gave two, I think it was two different types of crisps. And one group had two different types of crisps in two different bowls. And the other group had two different types of crisps in like six different bowls or something like that. The group that had the same two types of crisps, but with more bowls spread around, tended to eat and snack more because they it felt like there was more variety around the room, even though it was just the same two types of crisps. So they could have just gone to the same two bowls and done the same thing. But because it looks and felt like more variety, they call this the choice illusion, people ended up eating more. Okay, right, let's say then. Managing a meal out. Should we go for that one? So let's say that in the evening you are going out for a meal or a wedding reception or something like that. And you want to still, again, stack on top of those actions that you've already taken, right? So you've already done some of those things from before. You might want to put some of these in place as well. Remember, these are all coulds. These are not shoulds. You might choose to choose your meal before you go. You might choose to check the, the menu on, online or you know look it up. That might be something you want to do. You might choose to drive instead of going for a drink. You might use the two thirds rule. So the two thirds rule is you either have a main and a dessert or a starter and a main rather than having all three courses. Really, really simple, but an easy way to manage your nutrition. You might go for a walk before or after the meal because you want to help your digestion, clear your head, get a bit of movement in, just feel a little bit less bloated. That's a really, really good one to do. If you're going to, a, um, for example, I don't know, let's say a barbecue late in the evening or um, it's a buffet at a wedding or something, you might choose to serve your own food. If you're going to do that, try and find a smaller plate. And when you're kind of at a buffet or something, fill up one plate worth of food, go and enjoy that. And this is getting into the eating skill side of things. Go and enjoy that. Make sure you be mindful of your food, enjoy your food, really savor it. But then that will allow you to process what you're eating and you know, put your knife and fork down between bites, have conversations, stop, have a drink, you know, that kind of stuff. Really draw out the process of enjoying your food. Because if you go to the buffet and you just stand at the buffet, eating and talking, eating and talking, your brain isn't mindful of what you're eating. You're not enjoying what you're eating and you're not getting the most out of it. And you're going to eat way, way more and be less satisfied and less satiated. So really, it's just a lose-lose situation. You get a kind of dopamine hit from the really tasty beige buffet food, but then that's about it. You don't get any of the other benefits of eating. And then you feel horrible and groggy and sluggish the next day because you just stood there and you grazed. So try to serve your meal and then move away. Same with snacks. Maybe you don't want to sit next to the snacks. Maybe you want to space yourself away from them. You could limit your alcohol intake. You could go for some of the light beers. You could use the, um, uh, the slimline sort of uh, tonics and soda waters and stuff. You could drink spirits and um, carbonated drink like soda water or tonic drinks uh, spirits and that rather than heavy beers and ciders and stuff. There's loads of different adjustments that you can make here. Again, protein first, veggies, carbs, and fats, even up things like buffets and stuff. It's a really good approach to take. Right, I'm going to pause there for a second. Can you give me one thing that you've taken away from today, please, guys? Because I know that I've given you an absolute ton of information there. I've really kind of bombarded you. Give me a strategy that you're going to put in place for me. Pop it in the chat. There are five people watching. I would like five things in the chat for me. What are you going to put in place? Pop in the chat. I want to see what is going to come through. Cool. So walking before a meal. Excellent. Looking at menus before I go out. 
fantastic. Fasting until lunch, snacks in the bowls. Okay, so you could, yeah, for that, you know, you can be mindful of that choice illusion. If you want to have a snack, you can decant it into a bowl so that rather than sitting there, for example, we've got for some reason loads of like giant boxes of the straws and like chocolate. Shana got so many for her birthday um, and they're just sitting on the table. They've been opened, right? So if I was to sit there with a giant tub of straws, I'd probably do half a box before feeling very, very, very sick. But if I went and got a little handful and popped them into my bowl, I've portion controlled, I've managed it. I'm actually going to sit there and enjoy it and savor it more because I know I don't have as many and it's not just a bottomless pit. I'm going to, I'm just going to get better out of every part of that experience. Okay. Going for a walk early in the day, planning ahead and making my carrot sticks fancy. That is a good idea. Really enjoy it. Make the most of it. Again, those eating skills guys really come into it. Don't be distracted when you're eating, use knives and forks and put them down. Okay. Really chew, chew more slowly. Try this next time you eat a meal. Sounds ridiculous. I know. Don't believe me, I know. But just try that. Try really chewing, putting your knife and fork down, having a glass of water, talking, not being on your phone, not looking at the TV. Just see how much longer it takes you to enjoy a meal. See how much better and fuller you feel and see how better your digestion is. Most of us don't chew our food enough. And so we end up with some digestive problems. So all, all really linked together. It really, really helps. Okay, going to make my carrot sticks fancy. Um, smaller plate and put my cutlery down. And don't hang around the buffet. Yeah. Biggest one. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to quickly jump, jump into this because I've met, I know I mentioned it before. I didn't realise till quite recently, actually, um, that I would awkwardly eat. So let me explain what I mean. I'd awkwardly eat and drink. So I'd end up getting drinking more alcohol than I wanted to, getting more tips than I wanted to, and eating more food than I wanted to. Because when you're in a circle of people, if you're consuming something, you don't need to be talking, do you? Because you're eating, right? You're, you're busy right so if you're in a big group of people and you're maybe a little bit socially awkward sometimes like i am then it almost takes a pressure off you because you're eating no one's going to turn around and talk to you and expect a response right and you don't have to talk into a, in front of a big crowd of people because you're busy you're eating right this is why so many people stand by the buffet and graze because they have a bit of small talk by the buffet yeah but oh yeah i'm just just eating right it's a bit awkward to ask someone for a long response and they've got a mouthful of scotch egg isn't it so this kind of almost awkward eating, I don't know, I'm sure there's a word for it, is really common. And I did it for a long, long time, particularly with the drinking. You know, I would just chain drink bottles of beer because I, it was just almost also distracting me from the fact that I felt a bit awkward in the situation. And it was just a bit like a comfort blanket. So just be wary of that because that, that can happen as well. Right. Next one, managing a weekend away. Again, some really similar advice on this one, but some new things to kind of, we're, we're layering up the advice. So we're probably going to cover like 30 different bits of bits of uh, advice and tips that you could put in today. So again, planning and prepping is a massive part of it. If you wanted to, you could pack your own stuff. I'm not saying that you go away to the Bahamas for a week or, or you go to Norfolk for the weekend or you go up to Edinburgh and you pack all of your meals for three days and you don't eat anything out of course i'm not saying that but you might choose to take your own snacks you might choose to take some popcorn and some rice cakes or some apples and some fruit things like that with you you save money when you're out you really enjoy the bits of food when you're out you know your coffee and cake and your lunch and your dinner or whatever but your snacks you've got covered they help to satiate you help to tide you over you end up eating less at other times just maintains a good relationship all round keep yourself accountable but be flexible again 
diaries, calendars, meal planners. If you want to do this stuff, you could do. It's all just options. You could pres prospectively track ahead of time for the weekend if you really wanted to be that on it with your nutrition. Again, personally, I probably wouldn't do that, but it's up to you. It might be something you want to put in place. And you've got some of the other ones that we had before there as well. Right, the big one. And this is the one we're going to kind of finish off today, guys. Social avoidance through eating. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I think I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head there. That's uh, yeah, that is it in a nutshell. So managing a holiday, a really really big one. This is where it's going to be an even more individual thing. Decide what you really want to do, short term and long term. What outcome do you really really want, short term and long term? Remember all the things that happen when we step on the scale. What the scale is showing you. Remember that. Most of it is water weight. It's your organs. It's your hair, skin and nails. It is your muscle. It's your fat tissue. It's your waist ready to be got rid of. It's the meal you had last night still digesting. All of that is represented when you step on scale. We know if we drink alcohol, we have a poor night's sleep, we're highly stressed, we're at certain points in our menstrual cycle, we had a big meal, we've got, we haven't been to the toilet in a little while. We know that the number on the scale is going to go up mostly because of water weight and some food weight and other stuff. Right. We, we know that happens now. Everyone here knows that happens. We know that the scale is going to go up and down like that. For those of you who are using the scale to track your journey, you know it's going to zigzag down to the bottom right. OK, because it's going to go down, up and down over time. But on average, on the weekly averages, it's going to drop like that. That means that when you come back after a holiday and you're five pounds up or you come back after a holiday and you're three pounds up, it doesn't matter. I'm going to say that again. Right. You come back on holiday and you're three or four, three or five pounds up. It does not matter. It's going to be mostly water weight, food in transit. You slept, you know, you might have had some more alcohol, had some late nights. All of this stuff is going to re uh, reflect on that number. Give yourself seven days after your holiday where you don't jump on the scale, avoid it affecting your mindset. Go back to your normal habits as always. Go on the scale and you'll be back to where you were or maybe even a little bit further. You might even be a pound up still. Doesn't matter because it's not going to be body fat unless you've really, really, really overindulged. If you're away for a fortnight, that's a different story. If you're away for a few days or up to a week and you're moderating things, then you're pretty much going to be okay. Just remember that. And if it does, who cares, right? We are not here to live our lives at a certain number on the scale. We are here to enjoy ourselves. A summer holiday is part of enjoying yourself. Your weight is made to go up and down. If your weight didn't fluctuate, you would be dead. It's important that we really recognize that the number on the scale is not going to, well, it will dictate your happiness if you let it, okay? But that's not what I want for any of you. Look at your values. What means most to you? Enjoying a meal where you're really present and mindful with your partner or your best friend or parent or whatever, or sitting there and worrying about, how many calories are in the meal and trying to track it. Again, neither of those is right or wrong, but what really matters to you most? It's really important you ask yourself this. You could practice moderation. Again, you could use, for example, the two thirds rule when you go out for a meal, start a main or main and dessert. You could use intermittent fasting. You could use the food flow, protein, fruits and veggies, carbs and fats. You might want to increase your activity. You might want to paddle around in the pool a bit more, go for a walk on the beach. Um, you know, there's loads of different things that you can do to increase your activity. You might choose 
to opt to the higher volume food. So you might go to the breakfast buffet and you might go for the fruit, you know, the watermelon and, and um, the grapefruit and, and the apples and all that kind of stuff, right? You rather than four croissants or something like that. So you, you might kind of choose to do it that way. The other thing that you could obviously do is limit alcohol intake. You might have one day where you're by the pool, one day where you're, you're out and you, you're going for a hike and you're having a few pints along the way. Other days, you might choose just to have one or two. It's completely up to you. Yeah.